0: We don't know anything. It isn't new, it isn't different, it isn't fresh. Uh, It's a group of people that have been making wrestling podcasts for quite some time, coming together uh, as they formerly were to produce content for folks to listen to, and hopefully they enjoy it. Um, We've been getting along for a long time. We hope that uh, the shows that we're producing are shows that you like and enjoy, and if you're able to give anything, that would be tremendous. Hello there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling. I am your host, Sam. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about the We Don't Know Wrestling 100 as we are officially past the halfway point of 2019. With me this week to kind of go through a magnitude of things, uh, Quentin Moody. Quentin, how are you?
1: I'm very full, very tired. I had buffalo wings and french toast a diner which is like a really strange combination of foods i don't know why i did that but Sounds i think i'm ready good. to go i think I'm, i think i'm ready to go here though
0: that's a that's a good one-two punch i don't see any problems with it
1: it's like the sauce there is like so savory and kind of spicy and then going with the french toast being so sweet it has like a obviously like a chicken and waffles quality but i don't think it went too well i don't know
0: it just it drifts a little bit
1: there. Yeah, it goes it goes a little too far.
0: I I can understand that deeply. Um as someone who is always trying to press the envelope with my culinary skills. Um But Presenting I like,
1: you by blue apron.
0: I'm a hell Freshman. Um thank you very much. <laughs> uh but cool. So I put out a kind of call for questions to kind of steer the conversation. Um, but want to know if there's anything you wanted to hop into first. Um, before we get going, we could always talk about kind of front runners at the moment, since that's kind of a natural starting point. Um, or we can dive into the questions.
1: Let's do front runners. Cause I think like right now, I'm a little curious on where both of us kind of land on things. Cause to come right out front right on front and say it currently my wrestler of the year is still david star and i do have osprey second and just naturally with him being in g1 osprey could very well wind up being number one by the time uh august is august, august is over but at the moment it's david star and it's really not particularly close after i get past those Next two guys, even though there's a there's a couple other people that I think I've had really strong career years that won't just ne- won't necessarily be in contention just because of the volume those guys have. But where are you landing so far on things?
0: So I'm gonna be out front, as everyone jokes about because it's mostly true. Um, I'm behind on the wrestling naturally. Um, naturally, um, so I haven't watched much of the hype David Star stuff because it all seems very. Very heavy, um, as some of his year, years tend to be. Um, but this year, given that there doesn't seem to be as a dearth of high end matches that, or matches that get praised that I could foresee myself truly enjoying, um, I've stayed clear of most of David Starr's work, uh, mostly unintentionally. Um, what is it? Mostly the uh, kind of OTT uh, Walter uh, Devlin world um that's getting star to the top of your charts or are there other factors here?
1: I think match to match, David Starr has just been if not the best wrestler in the world, like at least like two or three behind like guys like Hiroshi Tanahashi or Jonathan Gresham, where it's not necessarily a great match every time out, but they're usually great in it. Yuji Okabayashi is another person I put into that same category. So He's had really great, sort of match of the year caliber matches with Devlin and Walter, obviously like your heavy hitter kind of guys. But he has lower end stuff where the other guy isn't as great in it most of the time. But it still hits on such a great level because he's investing the crowd in it, whether it's cheering for him or booing him. And one of the biggest cases for that is his match versus Terry Thatcher on the Contenders show from about uh was it February and Terry Thatcher, maybe OTT's best kept secret because he's not one of those guys like more than hype or Scotty Davis that get a ton of buzz from outside promotions, but he's quietly been one of the best wrestlers on the roster for the last year or so. And him and David and just have a fantastic baby face heel, like very clear dynamic. And David is extremely mean and violent and very um talkative to the crowd very talkative to terry and uh it's one of the best matches of his of his kind like something that's so territorial and feel good obviously except for the ending because uh spoiler alert david Starr wins but they really make you believe in terry thatcher there but other cases than this would be like God, David Starr has a match with Flip Gordon that's actually pretty good. That seems
0: inaccurate. I...
1: I'm i telling you, okay. like, Flip isn't good in it.
0: Okay, that now it added yeah. up.
1: But okay, I'll David Starr is like so good in the match that even if Flip isn't selling as well as you would like, David Starr definitely raises it up. Uh, he has a match against Sean Guinness. Sean Guinness, who's definitely better than Flip Gordon. But another another match where I wouldn't say Guinness is amazing in it, but David Starr really fuels it with how accurate and mean his work is and how strong of a personality he is. And I think that's part of why David gets here. Because, more than, because I think the last time I felt this kind of way with a wrestler was punk. It's where someone might be the best wrestler in the world in an in-ring capacity and also the best talker. In wrestling. And I, oh, I've i had my problems with David Starr as a talker for the last few years, and I thought his in-ring has uh, kept him at a solid level. But I think now he's really gotten the promo thing down, and he's been firing, all, all, firing on all cylinders as an in-ring guy for the last couple of years already. And I think right now he's sort of climaxing perfectly with melding these two things, and I think by a pretty wide margin he's been the best sort of total package guy in wrestling, and obviously, the in the purest sense, in the purest sense, we we don't know wrestling one hundred is based off in ring, but I think David Starr brings the personality, brings his uh charisma, his charm, and the way he talks so much to his actual matches that I think you can't you kind of can't help but involve his uh promo work with his placement in a in ring capacity.
0: He's intertwines them. To such a degree that they bleed into one another.
1: Yeah, you you really can't separate them because he talks so much during his matches. Um, He is a truly unique
0: wrestler and over the past few years has found himself in a way that I haven't seen many wrestlers do. Um, Where you expect folks to plateau to a certain degree and Star seems to be someone that just... Even if his he's not having monumental gains that he had in maybe a 16 to a 17 or 17 or 18, um, he's still inching forward. Uh, yeah, in a way I still that feel, I are. still
1: feel like he's I still feel like he's getting better. Yeah, which is something I can't say for a lot of guys. There's maybe a few other people that we'll talk about where I can say like I feel like this person is really getting better at what they're doing. But Star is one of like five people I can say that about this year. Um so in
0: a year where there's not a lot of matches that have struck me in a very meaningful way, um a guy like Chris Dickinson is rising up my charts, um, via kind of the untreated territory stuff, uh, since he's been designated the workhorse of that program. Um so I see that Eric Stevens uh, match is getting a lot of buzz and I think it deserves that. Uh, but then you also have a match in GCW against Danny Moth, which is such a wild match that it's like it, it, it's about the best version of that match I could imagine with Danny Moff in the state he's in. Um, he's a little bit uh, huskier and maybe not doesn't have the cardio that he may have once had. Um, as a lover of Fat Moth, uh, it works all the way through. Um, but he, just the fact that he keeps on going out there and having these, not, may not blow away great matches, not even matches that I'm going to really put high on the spreadsheet, but just, oh, okay, that was a good match. Let me just put that away. Um, I might not ever watch that match, but I enjoyed my time that I've spent with it. Um, folks like that this year are going to be priority characters more than, uh, years past. Um, just because I don't, I haven't had the matches that have really blown me away that throw someone towards the top with Reckless Abandon. Um, like Timothy Thatcher could very easily find himself in that position if he's more active in this back half of the year.
1: Um, I, I haven't, I haven't watched all of Uncharted, but I do know that they've positioned Dickinson as the workhorse guy on the show, and it's been weird to me to kind of see people talk up Dickinson. Because i sort of, I think I've been one of his sympathizers, honestly. In the last within the last couple of years, I, w- I was never big on um, Doom Patrol, but I always liked Dickinson as a singles guy thing more than a lot of people did. And seeing him get this praise now is not that I don't believe that he's gotten better. I think there's a very much a real chance that he's gotten better, but I think Dickinson has been at the same level of having consistently pretty good matches for the last few years. So I'm wondering if you'll agree with me on this, that in a scene where we're still looking to see like, what's the next thing and everything is so sparse and this, like everything has to sort of like replenish itself again. Is that why Chris Dickinson is standing out more? You think, because personally I think he's always been at this sort at at this level.
0: Yeah. I think he's also kind of, it's a right time, right place for him this year. Um, where uncharted territory is just a different vehicle than something that has existed before. Uh, there's been weekly programs, but I think this is sustaining a certain momentum slash has entered into my bubble to enough of a point where I have to pay at least a little bit of attention. Um right. so becoming a week to week performer on the indies, uh for a weekly internet series, uh is meaningful to a degree uh, where I just don't think that's happened in the past. Uh, and Dickinson, I don't, yeah, he, I don't think he's improved leaps and bounds this year, but I think given where we're at across the landscape of us indie wrestling, um, not falling back, uh, not getting signed and kind of buried somewhere in those cards, um, and being able to kind of stay where you're at and gain a little ground while other folks drop off the radar. Um, that only helps Dickinson.
1: Definitely, I think he's sort of the person that's given Uncharted sort of a legit feeling, and I think there is a, it's a real testament to him. He's always been a Beyond guy, but when he was, um, and I think he's, I think he's still working, evolving in WWN. But if, the, if well, it never felt like Dickinson was ever really breaking through in WWN. It always sort of felt like Jaka was the guy that was starting to break through and that the crowd was latching onto. So I think it's really impressive how Dickinson has sort of gone back to to his roots and beyond and really taken the bull by the horns with this Uncharted stuff and has become the man there, so to speak.
0: Yeah, he has completely dropped off all of the Evolve stuff, so I think he's been able to kind of funnel his energy in this direction. Um, I'm hoping he gets more work with uh, Game Changers since, obviously, they're running a whole bunch of shows as well. Um, all over the place. And I think perfect can... place for him, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's a valuable asset to a promotion like that. Um, that has that hectic feel, um, throughout their shows typically. And then a guy like Dominic Arini, uh, who is sort of not worked the places that would, that should get him on the radar here. But I think his work has been good, real good. Um, I think if he can maintain that, he'll have a solid place on my list. I'm just hoping that he branches out again. It seems like Evolve entered his life and then exited his life so quickly. um, But never really got any residual effects from pulling that one off. So I don't know where his back half of the year is going. I don't know if he's going to find himself into new places. He's working that GCW show in Tennessee. But that's more likely than not a one-off given. That, the way that card is shaping up to be a kind of mix of folks that works up and game-changer uh, regulars. But if he's able to kind of get back on the radar, that Joshua Bishop match from WrestleMania so, weekend.
1: So good. So, <laughs> so good. good. <laughs> like like, like, definitely one of the most – other than like Deppin versus uh, – I hate calling him no legs. But whatever that whatever that guy's name that Depp and what wrestled on, um, I think it might have been day to a spring break or whatever. But that and the, the Garini-Bishop match were like the biggest surprises of that weekend. And not in a, a demeaning way or anything, but just like I've never seen Joshua Bishop. And while I like Dom, I've never seen Dom wrestle in a, a situation like that. And I know he has a dog collar match with Tom Lawler that – Happened in 2018, but I never got around to seeing. But I didn't know Dom had that kind of match in him. And I was just so blown away. And I think the SADCOM for Violence Violence is Forever, whatever the fuck they call themselves, I think they've been getting a lot better as a tag team. The stuff with Aussie Open, then the match with the Workhorsemen that was really good. So while he obviously isn't getting it isn't getting the big chances yet that you would want someone of his caliber to be getting, he's still making the most out of every single opportunity he gets. So while I really do I, I really do want to see Dom get bigger opportunities as the year goes on, but shit, if he can keep pulling things out the way he has been with the limited amount of uh chances he's got, he's still gonna make a pretty good spot on my list.
0: Yeah, I mean Vice Forever continually gets higher profile bookings or at least are getting a consistent stream of those higher profile bookings. Uh, that f- so that is promising. And I hope that continues because that is a good team. Um, Kevin Koo is another guy I really like, but probably he's not going to rank as high as Dom uh, since he does I don't think he's going to have those standout singles matches, um, mm. which I don't think is a necessity to rank high on the list. But given uh, the comparison point between the two, he um, doesn't have that on his resume yet. Maybe he can change that in the back half the year. Who knows?
1: Uh how do you feel about Tony Deppen? Since I think guys like Garini, Dickinson, and Deppen are sorta of in the same bunch right now. So how do you feel about Tony's year? And do you think he is gonna be like one of the big shockers of the year and he's gonna wind up really high for some people? Or do you think this is just sort of like where he naturally would keep improving in like a spot on someone's list in like the forties or 30s is about what you expected for Tony Depp in 2019.
0: Yeah, I think he's probably going to be the same place he usually is. Um, Obviously, we got a whole lot of year left and he's in the right place. It feels like every year for the past four years, he's hovered around the same place for myself. Um, Now he's getting more opportunities uh, and it feels like he's getting more attention, but I always feel like I felt that for the past two years, um, and it really hasn't transpired in any kind of true momentum, uh, on the list or in, uh, professional wrestling. Um, seems like he's still kind of in the same position he has been with game changer, except, um, he has some more, a more, few more likes and his tweets when his, uh, matches are announced. Right. I'm hoping that we see some genuine change in the arc of his bookings, his career. Um, because he's so good. Uh, he wrestles a style that I love. He's a, really kind of the this great show-to-show performer. Um, he doesn't have the blow-away matches for myself, at least, um, that I wish he had. Um, it's just consistently pretty darn good matches.
1: Um, he gets a lot of heat, which I think definitely helps it is that I'm not sure like the actual in ring work is all that blow away, but consistently he's always getting crowds super invested.
0: Yeah. I, I remember last year from the WrestleMania weekend, uh, scramble match. Uh, that was one of the highlights for me was that he actually brought character work into that match and was able to get, uh, a react, a heel reaction, um, in a spot fest. Um, when no one else in that match was really doing anything like that. Um, I guess Teddy had his own sort of charisma, so he was bringing his own sort of energy, but Tony brought something definitely different and kind of a necessi- necessary component to that scramble match last year uh, for Game Changer. So I'm hoping he gets more opportunities. I hope he gets... DCW's a good spot for him, but hopefully more places take note of him, um, bring him in, let him work a, more, a greater variety of opponents. Um... The Northeast only offers so much. I, he's in the SCI this year, so that could be really good.
1: Um, he, worked, he worked Mystery Vortex, and looking at the guys that have gotten announced now for Bola, I think there's a pretty good chance he does at least get a get a Bola shot.
0: Yeah, and Bola this year is – that lineup is coming in very slowly, um, day by day, literally. But yeah, Tony, given that folks that are on that list so far – Makes a lot of sense for the lineup. Um, I don't know who the big names would be for BOLA this year. uh, If that's a direction they go, or can go, given the state of professional wrestling in 2019. Um, Uh, Hold on.
1: Back. Yeah, ready to go.
0: Okay. Sorry about that. No, nah, don't worry. Um, okay, where where were we? You
1: you were just finished talking about um Tony Deppen.
0: So Okay. Quick that was a quick cut. Let's get back into a wrap up. Tony Deppen. Hope he gets more bookings, more places. Hope he gets Bola. hope he gets an SEI. Well, he is an SEI. Hope those opportunities are fruitful. Um, And have him working, folks. He hasn't worked a ton already. Um, Or at least doesn't feel like he has worked a ton already. Um, He definitely has a formula. Uh, But I'm I'm hoping he can deviate from that enough to have matches that might crack through. uh, Which has been a little difficult for him, I think. Uh, Mm. I know that match from GCW cracked through, but I don't think it did it in... The way that really benefited him too much, or slash, made a much of an impact for this list of sorts. Um, okay, those are our top folks. I'm ready to get into questions. If you are, um, yeah, we can do that. Since I know we received a few of those. Okay, I need to scroll up. La di da, na di da. Okay. Already a question I'm gonna have a difficult time answering because I have not watched enough lucha. Um Chad Big Boy at Big Boys play WCW R.I.P. R.I.P. Highest lucha worker currently.
1: Can't answer um, me. So the chalk answer is Cavanario. Which like it's that's not wrong. He's had really good matches with Soberano, Dragon Lee, uh, Mystico, and Teton. So he's a he's a guy that's delivered in every single chance he's gotten so far this year and is like really continuing to take those strides as being the top riddle in the company. But if I had to go with one that I guess wouldn't be the uh obvious second guy I think i'm gonna think I'm gonna with aramis here Aramis has been all over the place doing a doing a lot of really good stuff granted like not in in not in your triple A's not in your cmll's so you kind of have to do some digging for Aramis' stuff but he's one of the best flyers that we have that we have out there when he's put in, when he's put in there with someone that's a little bit more Matt centric, he can go on he can go in there and hang just fine. So if you want someone that can give you a wild spot fast, that can give you something that really escalates into complete bonkers, batshit stuff, if you want someone that can take a good beating. He's not Silberon he's not Silverano Jr. when it comes to selling, but he has a sort of similar skinny body type that when he's bumping and flying around for people, it looks really brutal. And if you want someone that can do maybe a little bit more of the flashy Uh, lightweight grappling or um, opening sequence stuff, Aramis would be one of your guys. So Cavinario is almost having what I'd call at least partially a career year for him, just because he came off so high. Now, the Soberano match that he had in uh, Fantastic Mania, I don't think it was as good as the one that they had in Arena Mexico last year. But Still one of the best pairings in, in in Lucha currently. And God, going out there and having a having that quality of match with a with a Mystico. A, a Mystico that I like, but definitely ha in the singles capacity hasn't really had anything that's been especially great. And to go in there and get Mystico cheered in Arena Mexico, which is such an insane feat, and have a great match on top of that with them. Uh, I like the match that he had with Dragon Lee over WrestleMania weekend. Not as good, not as good as the one they had in CMLL, but definitely worth watching. And they're going to have another one, I think coming soon. I think it's in Guadalajara, but Kevin ario has been off to a fantastic start. And is really one of those guys that when we get to the, we don't know wrestling 2010 stuff that I'll really be pushing for, uh, for people to have him top 10 or something close to it because, the guy just keeps getting better, keeps having these good matches is getting more chances. And it's really getting hard to deny him being maybe the best guy that we've had in Mexico for the last five years.
0: Yeah. He's someone that has developed from cult favorite this decade to a genuine
1: stud, like like genuine top heel in the company.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And a genuine top guy in the world now for a while. Um, so there's very few guys that we're going to have going on to that, that list. Um, that I feel like we've experienced that whole arc um, where some of those folks, we may have experienced that arc plus the um, downturn already um, mm-hmm. where Kevin Mario is still on the upswing here. Uh, he, I, admittedly, someone that you probably could have put, I could have put at the top of my Lucha list at the beginning of the year and just be okay, I'm going to pencil this in. <laughs> we'll see if it changes. Uh, he's like
1: he's like one of the biggest sure things in like all of wrestling. If if you see a Cavanario singles match on an Arena Mexico show, like you're almost guaranteed that it's probably great. At the very at the very least, it's really good. And there aren't a lot of people right now that you could, that you can be so sure of. And I think having someone like Cavanario that is so consistently great is one of the best things to be able to fall back on as a fan, where you might be disappointed in some of the things that might have been going on this year. There might be some matches that disappointed you, some people that have disappointed you and not really taken the steps forward. And here's Cavanario just continuing to improve and get better, and you just can't help but love the guy.
0: And then Aramis is someone I'm always I'm going to keep referencing last year as I haven't really watched El Tavlucha this year is that Aramis is someone that had a really breakout year last year um had that uh those matches with dragon bane um that were really good um had the match with virus had the match with cossus um he's just someone that was able to work a lot of great wrestlers and rose to the occasion
1: yeah he get, he gets he, he gets a lot of really good chances and I do wish he sort of got some of this, some of the opportunities that like a, um, like a like a Laredo Kid or Iho Del Iho by Kingo gets. But Aramis is still pretty young. I'm pretty young, I think, and that that stuff I think is more than likely going to come eventually. A Laredo Kid, another one that I think is really having a strong year. I think a lot of people are, are really into the. I- iho dova dova kingo versus laredo kid match that happened uh, last month i think but he's been all over the place more recently it was just on fighter Fest, triple a impact and every time he shows up i think he leaves with more fans The guy just consistently goes out there and does something that really impresses people and i think he's gonna be one of those guys that you see take that next leap in the I won't say stardom, but he's going to be one of those guys that you see booked everywhere, I think, within the the next few months.
0: With AEW TV starting not too far from now, um, he's someone that could very well play a part in that that product um, as there's definitely going to be heavy uh, lessons taken from uh, the WCW playbook. Um, I feel like Laredo Kid kind of fits into that high-octane uh, kind of part of the card uh, and has been really good for uh, a while now. It uh, seems like this year is the year that more folks are taking notice, and he's going from working at the Indies to kind of taking these bigger stages, which is he awesome fits right he,
1: fit, he fits right into, like, that's been one of the more impressive things about Laredo Kid is that he gets he gets these opportunities, and the guy fits in like a glove, man. You can, fl- you can plug him in to a longer title match like he's, gotten, like he's gotten in AAA. You can plug him into a hot multi-man match with like like a scramble or a six-man or whatever. And the guy just can do anything you need him to. One of the most versatile guys that, we can, that, that I can imagine in Mexico right now. Because he's not like an amazing long match guy or anything. He's not the most insane like, oh yeah, we're going to do a lot of mat work here, but anything on the card, he's going to be super fun and definitely leave a lasting Im- impact on people.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like this decade is we've seen a lot of Lucha guys develop really quickly um, and become kind of feel like they don't—they fit in, um, that they belong there and that they kind of belong towards the top of the card um, with Phoenix, Pentagon, Kevin uh, um and the guys like Lario Kid, who's now making his his claim um black torus is someone that has went from okay where do they fit in where do they fit into okay they're there um yeah, like,
1: right like, like like really quick too um Subarano is another one yeah uh he's had really good stuff with templario a negro casas match from last month obviously the uh carbonario match from fantastica mania Always a re- always a really good tecnico when he's uh in these six man tags and all that stuff. So while I kind of wish that he's gotten or he's would get more singles opportunities, I think again we're still in the middle of the year. That I think that stuff is all going to come eventually. But another guy where he really started to show the signs in twenty eighteen. He's just continuing to get better and Pecobray left off. He wouldn't be my number one lucha guy, but I'd be surprised if Soberano isn't on my one hundred.
0: Yeah, I think the mid year is always a pretty good temperature check on folks. Um but this list all these lists can go in the trash by the end of the year and just <laughs> start it over completely. Um with the way everything is going, folks are moving at such a quick pace. Um with AW sprouting up, um, ROH, not in a great position, but who knows if that's going to lead to, okay, I'm going to sign my way out of this kind of situations. Um, it's just going to be a very interesting back half of this year from that point of view, which will lead to kind of a unique lens uh, for the wrestling quality on the back half of the year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be for the worse or better, but uh, we're going to find out in by in six months. Uh, we'll have an answer to that question.
1: I do. I do want to give a shout though to uh, Ultimo Guerrero and Kaifon. Obviously, like not a, not a ton out from those guys, but the stuff that they've been, the, the stuff that they have together, that they've um done in 2019. Again, great, great stuff. If you're interested in bloody punch heavy lucha brawling, then that's the stuff that you really need to check out. I, I'm I'm surprised I haven't seen a little bit more talk about it from like certain parts of Twitter and certain like certain sites. But trust me, that's that's the kind of stuff that a lot of people would really really get into if they uh, took a little bit more time to check it out.
0: Um, that sounds like something I
1: would want to check out. Kaivon's so good. He's one of the <laughs> like he's one of those guys where um for like people that like really get into like black Terry and Negro Navarro. I think he's, I think Kaifon is for me, what those guys were to them as far as this, like the introduction, like really scummy and violent and mean and dirty and grimy feeling indie lucha stuff. And he's always had a like special place in my heart since then. And I'm so, I'm glad he's really started to come back into prominence and, Pick right back, pick up where he ha- where he, pick up where he left off. He doesn't have he hasn't wrestled a lot this year, but within that he's come in and just felt like he hasn't missed a beat.
0: I feel like the story of Kaifon though for most of his career as far as like the online viewership goes is that um he'll pop up a few times a year or he'll f- pop up for a stretch and then one, he could get injured. Um or yeah. two, the, the footage just dries up completely. Um, both those scenarios one's worse than the other. Um, no one wants to see someone injured, but also just keep keep stop don't never stop filming. Always always record. That's Please. what I do. <laughs> always record. You never know what you're gonna get.
1: Especially especially with a guy like Hyperon, because you don't know when he's just gonna disappear for a few months. Exactly. You just go completely off the grid. Completely. Oh, goodness.
0: Um, okay. Next question from at not Brock Janky.
1: Don't know who that is. Don't
0: know who that is. Don't care. He, his question actually is irrelevant, but I'm still going to ask it. Um, because what are the largest trends of 2010s that you feel will continue to influence wrestling in the 2020s? What 2010s wrestlers most negatively impacted the sport over the course of the decade?
1: All right, so whoever this is, Definitely misread the tweet. Yes,
0: definitely misread and, the tweet and,
1: and thought this was a we don't know wrestling twenty times podcast. So mm-hmm. shame on you for being illiterate. Um, <laughs> I uh, think I have. I think I have an answer for who I think is negatively impacting it, but I think gonna, gonna, it's going to take me a second to think of what's the biggest trend.
0: Um. So I is maybe the biggest trend because I feel like to say something's the biggest trend, it would have to encapsulate a larger portion of the decade um but violence and wrestling um actual blood weapons that kind of stuff um taking more mainstream presence in this latter half of the decade gcw i think deathmatch promotion that is drawing oodles and oodles of people um in a way that i don't think anyone could have expected
1: broke uh, through in a way that's like still thinking about it like like a couple of years later from the initial boom it's like jesus christ like it's kind of insane how they pulled that off
0: i know they're running a show in a small venue in japan which and they sold out um i guess them running a small venue in japan's selling out is not that super impressive but the fact that they went are going to over there in over a month pro- closer to two months um and they sold out uh means that that brand at least is strong
1: going uh, from like you know they're doing a show in nashville like nashville chicago LA, New York, New Jersey, Japan, like you just mentioned, like they're all over the place. And for a deathmatch promotion to be able to do that is still really, really fascinating. Yeah.
0: Um, it's it, but obviously AEW is already taking some slight cues from that because also they brought in um, Joey Janela and John Moxley, two of the preeminent of the best deathmatch workers of the 2010 well joey one of the best deathmatch-esque guys of the decade um even if he doesn't lean into it as strongly as others um and john uh great in his own right um two guys that will crib from that material um probably more more to come uh in 2020 for that um and then dustin rhodes bleeding buckets uh At double or nothing, and the reaction that Mash got, I don't think is going to lead to that stopping anytime soon. Um, Right. They already said that's not going to happen on TV, but I think they also made it very clear that it will not happen on TV and that a special event or pay per view or something, that's all fair game. Um, I don't, that's a trend that is going to escalate and it feels, it's going to feel weird since we're coming from a decade that is predominantly downplayed blood to such a degree because the largest promotion in the world has downplayed it to such a degree where if you see it, it feels like an event in itself, even if the matches are not that good uh, that that happens in. Um, the mere sighting of red is worth noting, but I think that's going to be less the case in 2020 and beyond.
1: Alright, so I think the person that at least, in, like as the as the as time goes on, is gonna have the worst impact. And I don't like saying it's obviously, because I really like this person. But I'm I'm still leaning towards that leaning towards this being Kenny Omega that winds up leaving the worst legacy. And it's not because of anything Kenny did wrong. I mean, obviously, the super divisive guy and talking about the merits of his wrestling like you know people would be here forever but i think it's safe to say that what happened like what kenny does at least works for kenny and i think what you're gonna get obviously because wrestling is such a copycat thing and this happens across a whole bunch of like every medium so it's not exclusive to wrestling but when something works and when something is trendy and when it like enters the zeitgeist and it captures the attention of people all across the board people will start to try to mix it in into their own work. And I think Kenny Omega is such a in-the-moment feeling and in the moment wrestler that people trying to do what he does or what he perfected or what he might have mastered and just apply that to any rent of like run-of-the-mill match, that's gonna that's gonna wear on some people I, I got there's Like already cases of this kind of stuff happening already. You know, a guy like Seth Rollins is someone that obviously like watches all the wrestling that's out there, he keeps up with, he keeps tapping on everything. And 2017, 2018, you see him out there busting out Kenny Omega sequences and all that kind of stuff. Buddy Murphy busting out Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay sequences and that kind of stuff. And those are guys that are still like pretty skilled at those sort of things, all things considered. But when it starts to like trickle down to like your lower level indie guys, guys who aren't great at this sort of a finish your spam, kick out, big strike, big dramatic things along those lines. And this isn't something Kenny started at all. We know that. But as someone that I think is going to be the poster boy for that style as the years go on, I think people trying to emulate Kenny, is going to be the worst thing that happens as the years go on.
0: I could see that. I could see that. I feel like I, I'll point you to not nothing specific, but just Dylan Hales is a person you can ask him and tell, and he he's going to tell you it's Brock Lesnar. And it's probably an accurate depiction of who was the most negatively affecting professional wrestler. Of the oh 2010's. God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight that
0: one. Um, just because of the folks that he essentially prevented from becoming a a thing, a capital T thing, um, that feels like it, that all could be reversed. Who knows, um, given that Moxley could become a huge star um, and that moment can be unwritten, essentially. And then that at least will give credence to the idea that no wrestler can truly be held down like that. Um, I,
1: w- I will. I will say though that even if, like, obviously, like Moxie's a big star now and has potential to become an even bigger star. I think on the flip side, if Moxie become can use continues, continues to become bigger, then that can also flip back in the way of wow. If Brock Lesnar wasn't such a fucking shithead about that and made Moxley look so terrible in the WrestleMania match and had such a downer downer of a match and it just didn't feel right. If that doesn't happen, like, oh, wow, who knows? Maybe WWE would have that kind of star in their company still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like he is definitely going to be a person that stopped a lot of progress um, overall. In 2010s, um, in the biggest company. So that's probably my pick for this. Um, I know it feels like, it almost feels like a cop out just because it feels obvious to a degree that you're going to pick the guy that doesn't have a ton of matches, always at the top of the card, um, sandbagged a few people. Um, that's just probably not a great recipe for, um, a wrestler, um, or having a positive <laughs> yeah. effect. In any way, but yeah, Kenny Omega I think is almost the flip side where the the pure influence that he has is going to degrade folks because I think that's we're we're reaching so many degrees of separation from, um, where like he's emulating people that were emulating people that were emulating. Um,
1: you well, know, on, the, on the, like on the flip side, like Kenny like Kenny Omega and I think Johnny Gargano are like. That's like pick and choose there. Like, Fuck. Some, like, some, like some people are going to say it's Kenny. Some people are going to say it's Johnny Gargano. It, some people are going to say they're essentially the same thing. So if I was going to, if I did have to really do that, I'd probably just put them on the same level. But again, I'm also someone that likes them most of the time. But I just realized that. So someone like Johnny Gargano Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas. I, I think I'm in the minority on this, but I feel like that match is such a in-the-moment thing i feel like the way people felt in the way that ending and the way johnny sold and all the moves and, and uh and how how mean it was at points i think it was such an in-the-moment thing and i feel like that's a lot of the appeal in Ken and in, in some of kenya Kenny omega's work too and when you go back to it however many years on the line like a lot of it is still going to be really good when you go back to it. I think Kenny Omega versus Naito from 2016 is going to be good, like, no matter what year you watch it in. I think, I think Omega versus Ishii from last year is going to be good no matter what year you watch it in. I feel that same way about um, Johnny Gargano versus Ciampa from New Orleans, and I think he, he has other stuff that's going to feel that way. But I think it's really, it's really going to be that stuff that when you go back and look at it, Sort of the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25 effect is gonna taint a lot of those matches, and when that's your calling card, almost like to your whole style, it's gonna get re- uh, like at some point really irally for people, and that's just not that's not just gonna be your legacy. Like these these guys are gonna go down as like some of the highest rated people or highest highest hated people of the decade. Your Kenny Omega's, your Johnny Gargano, your Will Osprey, he fits into this. Camp too, even though I think he's like more getting started as to where like those guys already had their peaks. The like that's gonna be the Kabashi, Masawa, um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels of this of this generation. So, I like a lot of stuff we're gonna be able to trace back and go like, man, Kenny Omega and Johnny Gargano like really fucking ruin how people wrestle, huh?
0: Why am I so violent? You know. Yes. Absolutely. No, I get that. I get that. Um, God, Johnny Gargano sucks so bad. Okay. <laughs> you,
1: you don't you don't like Gargano? No, he's
0: really p- bad at professional wrestling. <laughs> um, it, it feels like that uh, almost match was a miracle. Uh, a three and a quarter star miracle. Um, so.
1: Okay. Did you like um, him versus Shingo from like WrestleMania week in twenty thirteen?
0: Let me address the spreadsheet because it's probably going to tell me I did. Um, yes, I did enjoy it in 2013. I no longer have. You don't that. know. <laughs> I don't believe I like that. What I what I remember of it. Um, I didn't love. I, was this the heel turn match? Right. Or, yeah. Okay. Yes. That I don't want to rewatch it because. I, it, I, it makes me feel a certain way just to remember how that was all done just because it's also gave to an extent of uh, there was no it felt very fluffy um, but I was into Johnny Gargano I was into Shingo I was into that Wrestlemania moment because God let me the Wrestlemania moments um, it's one of the few matches that looks like I downgraded after I ranked them for probably Voices of Wrestling um, but yeah i I don't want to go watch it rewatch it. <laughs> I won't do it. Um, I loved it at the time. I'm a different person now. I like worse wrestling, probably.
1: um, do you think it's like do you think Johnny changed? Do you think you just realized like kind uh, like Johnny Gargano guy like isn't kind of for me anymore? Cause i th- I still think there's some stuff if you went back and watched it, you'd probably still like. So that's what that's why I'm curious.
0: I feel like he's more or less the same professional wrestler from this whole decade, more or less. Um, even early evolves. He's not all that different. He he gets a little, has a few more wrinkles in his game, I guess. Um, shows a bit more emotion. Um, which quickly becomes not a good thing for him. (laughs) Um, so it's really hard to say. Um. I like I like the tag team with Champa. I think he was he's good in tag team settings. Um, I think that spear through the ropes is a really good tag team move, and he's really good at timing it. Um, and he's they're really good at weaving that singular move uh, into matches. Um,
1: so that's so that's the only thing he does well. That's
0: about what he does well.
1: <laughs> I love I, it,
0: man. but I also just think that that. Spears like symbolic in a way of other stuff he does that is slippery, um, in a way that I think plays well in those tag team settings when he can get with a bit of a bulkier guy who will uh throw stuff around, um, right with his body. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm never gonna watch a Jagger Mesh that's not deeply recommended to me, um, probably.
1: Okay, so I have one that isn't deeply oh, recommended, that's. that's... You've already but,
0: answered the question, but,
1: but, but, <laughs> so, you, so I'm, I'm assuming you remember the Johnny Gargano versus Timothy Thatcher match from 2015.
0: Uh, I don't. I don't. Oh,
1: I th- okay. So it was like later on in the year, I think Johnny Gargano versus Timothy Thatcher for the Evolve title, and it was part. It was the first night of a doubleheader, and people more remember the Gargano versus Thatcher match. Some people think it's like a top ten match of the year from 2015. I really like the Gulak match, um, Gulak versus Gargano match from the next night of that. So if you're up to it, there's a Johnny Gargano versus Drew Gulak match from 2015 that I definitely would recommend just to see where your head is at on them completely. Because if you don't like that, then I think you just really, really are over Gargano.
0: Maybe it's just a stain at that point. Maybe he, he could be a perfectly fine wrestler. I think the the way he moves his body simply puts me into a fit of rage. I get it. And that's just, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a bad person. I couldn't get into Takeyama for a while because it was hard to look at him. Um, Oh,
1: my God.
0: And then I grew up as a person. are you a body shamer? I grew up as a person and realized that was not a good reaction to have. I'm an adult. Um, Still does not happen with Johnny Organo. Um. Don't know what to tell you, uh, but Gulak versus Giant Gargano, 2015.
1: Yes. Give, give, yeah, give that give, a try. Give it a
0: go. Give it a go. Um, I'll put off Thatcher versus Ishikawa for another day.
1: Um. <laughs> See, people are gonna be pissed that I told you to watch this at the expense of Thatcher versus Ishikawa. That's a
0: back pocket one. That's a, when I'm really down in the depths and not into wrestling at the moment. I life has just been wild. Recently, so I've not been able to keep up, um, but when I'm truly, it's like you know what wrestling might suck. Um, that's the match I'm going to bring out because I absolutely know I'm going to love it when I see it.
1: You uh, know, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched Ambition either, so that, that I, I, I feel you as to where like I've been keeping that whole show in my back pocket for when just like man, I really need something to do, and wrestling and current wrestling kind of sucks, and just throw on Ambition.
0: Quick question, um, because. I feel like I heard a lot about it, but now I don't remember it actually happening. Tattoojin, did they have a show this year?
1: No, no, no. Okay. They, I think I think they announced that they're gonna uh. have one this year, but mm. it hasn't actually happened. Okay. It was supposed to be the final one, I think. Okay. <laughs> Wimbish well, and wildcard, damn Akabe, that's I'm excited again. Awesome. <laughs> that's gonna Happy be good.
0: That's gonna be good. Um, they're doing the whole Toronto stuff too. That's that's a crackerjack
1: um, I announced mean, Walter versus Sekimoto, and I was just like "Oh, like, it's gonna be good but I was like oh for fuck's sake guys
0: that's a match I truly did not expect to happen in Toronto I also was not really putting two and two together why WXW was running shows in Toronto um until uh, I someone was like oh here are the shows running SummerSlam Weekend and I was like
1: oh
0: oh that all adds up I guess ah uh, fuck off I mean, they're not the only ones. They just I have mean, to be the yeah, only ones I mean, that are WWE-ish affiliated.
1: I mean, yeah, but they can also fuck off. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> These are probably be the best shows they released this year. It's going to be great. Um, uh... <laughs> they won't be tied to anything else that promotion's doing. It's going to be good. Um, <laughs> next question. Um, at Akil Khalid, uh, talk about guys in the bottom half of your list and what they need to jump to the top half.
1: The bottom half? The bottom half.
0: This would insinuate that we have lists that we've formulated already,
1: um,
0: <laughs> which to me seems like a very bold.
1: If I, a list, if I had a list, if I had a whole 100 ready to go for you, then I could guarantee you that it's like one match getting somebody on the spreadsheet, because I don't think that many people have been like killing it this year. But okay, I have one. I have, um, well actually, let me go two. I have Jungle Kiona, and I have Naoya Naio, Naio, Nomura. So, Jungle came on really strong this year. She had the Momo Watanabe match that some people call the best match in of history. I'm not one of those people, but I can see why they say this. And then she has another match with Kagetsu that isn't amazing, but Jungle is absolutely stellar in it. So, for a while, Jungle was one of my people that I was thinking, like, man when I do my top 50 for the year for wrestlers of the year that she might be one of the people that just really jumped out and just took the bull by the horns and said, I'm going to show why I'm the best fucking wrestler on the planet this year. And she hasn't gotten the chances. This is sort of the jungle story. She'll have a, she'll have a couple really good singles matches during the year. And then she's relegated to tag team and six man tag stuff where honestly the people that she's in there with aren't as good as her. So it kind of it kind of brings her down. So if we can get Jungle in a few more high stakes or even just like singles opportunities, I think she could easily climb up just because the rest of the list is so wide open. But Jungle is someone that I think really could make their way up. Naoya Nomura, really, really strong uh, year at some points. I like the Suwama match and the Jake Lee match from champions carnival. And he has a fucking incredible match with Kento Miyahara for the triple crown. That is like at worst, like my number three match of the year. So he's a guy that like, and like, as far as like inside jokes, we always called him the worst Nomura um, comparing him to comparing him, comparing him to um, Takuya in big Japan. But He's really gotten the chances this year to show out and he's taken the most he's taken the most of it most of the taking the most of it most of the time he's been out there. He didn't have an amazing Champions Carnival, but he had enough he had enough stuff that was quality as to where I can't say can't go in there and say he like bombed the Champions Carnival and then he has one of the best matches of the year. Uh if he's not going to be really in the mix anymore after getting his triple crown title shot I would like to see him go – I would like to see more tag team stuff from him. I would like to see him get a, a pretty good run with the tag belts and throw him in there with some heavy hitters and see if they can produce some magic in the tag, in the, in the tag division. But I think, no, you know, Mora has really stepped it up this year and is one of those people that could, could shoot their way up the list if they get a few more chances.
0: Um, I think it was someone I liked. I just haven't really gotten around to watching most of his stuff this year. Um... So now I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, for this question, I'm going to pull folks that I have only seen a match from, really, slash. I don't know where my emotions are on them yet, but if I see more, I think they're going to go up. Um, that's One is Steve Manders. Um, from what I read, which could be a made-up fun fact um, for the syndicated folks, is that he's a former Iowa football player. Um,
1: yeah, maybe, I, think, I think that's true
0: um stocky dude just a big wide man um who throws people around um good body good body gets looking looks good getting off the bus (laughs) um good mustache um
1: good mustache definitely
0: so he works i've only seen him in a a scrambling sup um he rolled in it um i've watched the gif where he uh pretty much drops big uh, big twan on his neck which also rules, um, sorry folks, um, that was a, that's just a kick-ass spot, sorry. Um, so really excited to see where he goes. Uh, he could do nothing for the rest of the year. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, and
1: on the, on, the, on the flip side of this, or oh, when you're done, I have, I have another question that'll bounce off, but it'll be about people that have, maybe have disappointed you, but go ahead and finish your thought.
0: The other one is someone that I watched for the first time recently, um, that I don't know if, they only have one routine, but we'd be interested to see more of them is Angel Dorado, um, which is a bad name for a professional wrestler that was trained by Kenny Anderson, but uh, <laughs> he was in a match with Airwolf, who has pr- always been, he's been talked about for y- the past couple of years as a future breakout star out of the Midwest. Uh, he Airwolf. was a guy that- Air-
1: Air- Airwolf, right? Airwolf, yeah. Airwolf sucks. Airwolf's
0: not good. Yeah. Um, Sorry to all of you. Airwolf stands out there. Um, it's not that not not good. I don't know any singular skill set that he's. I don't. I don't
1: know. In. I don't know how he fooled people and uh, hyping him up because when I watched him, I was like, e- I don't get it.
0: No, you. All you gotta do is be a. He's not even a bad flippy guy. Like he just doesn't do that. I don't know what he does. I don't know what the <laughs> characteristic that he got over with. Um, because he's not. He doesn't have a great flying arsenal. Um he's not as good as an ace Austin. Um I don't know how he's we've in this position, but Angel Dorado actually is pretty decent at the flippy stuff. Um which is a solid start. So would be interested to see more of him. Um he does a pretty good front flip into a head series off the top rope. Which uh, I hope to see, like, in more matches from him. So, that's one of my people that I want to see more of. I think that that covers it on my end. Uh, What were you going to say?
1: One more, I was going to say Slim J. Slim J, like, maybe, like, the secret best wrestler in the world. Usually, like, always really good when he gets a chance. I'd like to see if he can get... Bigger bookings. He's the P- he's a um, PAWX champion right now. I'm pretty sure. So obviously he's gonna get oh, like some level some level of push there. But you know with SCI coming up and him being in that, uh, him being in the clusterfuck battle royal and um, over WrestleMania weekend for GCW and um he does he did he was in some sort of scramble I think too. i really like to see him in GCW. He seems like one of, like another one of those guys that given the chance and given like given the investment to go out there and really showcase himself that he could catch fire too because Slim J is so good at everything so well I think he's like maybe a little bit higher than bottom half of my list he's maybe if I if I had to do one like like 40 or something but Slim J is someone that I obviously really believe in and think that if he got like a bolt like Ebola you know Ebola is so wide open if he got to be in Ebola if he got to do Something along those lines that Slim J would absolutely kill it.
0: Hey, here's hoping. Um, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. Um, everyone loves Slim J; he's got that cachet still. I think.
1: All right. So the so the question I had, okay, was who has been a disappointment so far in 2019 for you? Um. I don't know if I really have any
0: disappointments at the moment. Um, I'm sure those folks will show themselves in the future. Um, But no one's grabbing out to me and say, okay, yeah, I'm just not going to be as good this year. Um, Not
1: even as good. Like, you kind of, like, got sold on them in 2018. And you thought, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the year. And then, like, they just sort of... Don't have as good of a 2018, or are they uh, just... Fumina Rabe. Uh, um, okay.
0: He has just not been put in position to succeed as much. Um, slash, when I've seen him, he's not been performing at the level that I kind of was expecting. Um, I don't think that's a huge fall of his own, because I don't think, again, he's in those positions where he's expected to be going full tilt. But it for someone that I thought was a top-five wrestler last year to not be in that conversation at all um, is a disappointment. Uh, I just don't know if I'm not seeing this right stuff, but I'm hoping that his year can turn around, um, but I'm not entirely optimistic on that front.
1: All right. So for me, I have one that it kind of hurts to say, but I kind of think Momo Watanabe going to let down this year. Um, She had a really strong 2018. And it wasn't just the Io Shirai stuff. I thought it was um, the like the the matches that she was getting with Hakuki and um, Jungle Jungle Kiona and Mayu Iwatani and even the Kagatsu match she got last year. I thought that we would see her be like one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world, and it feels like we just haven't gotten that. It feels like the nastiness isn't what it used to be. It feels like the violence isn't what it used to be. It feels like the personality isn't shining through the way it used to. And she still has the confidence, she still has the poise, but she isn't feeling as dangerous as she was feeling in 2018. And I think when that was one of the big selling points of her work last year, I think that definitely hurts. When um I haven't watched the Andres Miyagi match she had yet from March. But I think I've seen every other big match she's had so far. And They've all been varying levels of good, but again, it's an expectations thing. I thought that she was gonna come in and be one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world in twenty nineteen. And I just don't think she's been that yet. And another person that I've been slightly disappointed in has been um Kaito Kiyomiya. Kiyomiya who I really, really like and think he still has all the potential to be one of the best baby faces in Japan. And it's still super young, twenty two years old, but I um I look at what he's got uh, what he's done so far as a GHC champ and just has it just hasn't been, it just hasn't been great I think from the Masakatamia match the Namichi Marafuji match I haven't seen the Segura I haven't seen the the latest Segura match yet but he's a guy again that I thought okay give him give him the time and he's gonna come in here and really just turn it up turn it up in 2019 and be one of the best wrestlers in the world. If not the world, at least one of the best guys in Japan. And I can't say that I think he's been one of the best guys in Japan this year. So, again, super young. Just like just like um, Momo actually really young. You know, Momo's still 19. So, obviously, it's not saying that these people won't ever get there or that they can't even turn it on as the year keeps going. But it really does feel like Kaito has been a little bit of a letdown in the spots that he's been given.
0: Luckily, a lot of these folks that are underperforming do have feel like they're young. Um, where I think for some of the other potential letdowns, it's more like they're slowing down a little bit. Um, right. They don't feel like letdowns because for, for folks that are so young, it's a lot easier to have these big... Uh, jumps and falls because um, these folks are still finding their rhythm um, where people that have been around the game for a while typically seem to s- just slowly fade away until um, they go from someone that was a top 20 person to, oh, there might be in my top bottom 10 um, mm-hmm. within a few years. Um, it can happen quickly, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. Um, but for someone that... Is so young and so promising. It's so easy to get excited about someone so young. Um, so and, like...
1: and, and, and then forget that they're like 19, yeah. 20 years old. Like, yeah. They, like, <laughs> like, like, like you know, hopefully they have a whole bunch of time in front of them. But And that's why you kind of hate doing stuff like this is because you don't want to sit here and act like you're writing somebody off. But when, like, someone just comes onto the scene, and not like these guys are new. You know, these, these both of these people have been around wrestling for, a couple, for some time now. But you just get so excited after they just come in and feel like they're taking the company over by storm, or really, or really organically. in Kaito's case, or like Momo, just felt like she was it when she got that first EO match. And then when it doesn't keep going at that same rate, it kind of brings you back to reality. Like, oh, like these are still kids. You gotta like, like it really just brings you back down.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you 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 hop on the ride feeling like, wow, this could be truly special. And even though. But the thing is it still could be truly special yeah <laughs> um, we're just in uh oh this is the natural part of anyone growing as a performer um okay this all makes sense we're gonna move on to the next question from at twitter.com thank you skylar um who on the u.s indie scene is really standing out now it's no one right and he's more or less, right? I don't... Yeah. There isn't anyone yeah. that's standing out. Um, there are folks that have been around the block uh, more than once that are kind of just still around. So they st- stand out in a sense that, oh, if I'm going to point you towards someone, I know who to point you towards, but they're not new. They're not someone that's elevated their game. It's just, oh,
1: they're there still. Um, and they're putting in good work. Um, um I think I would... I think Austin Theory's got better. I would say that. I think Austin Theory is um you're an evolved truther now.
0: No not not they're an indie. I get you.
1: <laughs> I hear you. I think Austin has been getting better though. I think Austin really has um sort of grown into what Evolve has been has been grooming him into being for the last couple of years. I I don't think he's great yet, but I do think he's a guy that he can be a really good heel. He's a he's a surprisingly good baby face when he gets the chance to be, and I don't know. It's not like it's a like a shock. Like this is the this is the wrestler I think people have wanted Austin Theory to be for the last couple of years, but it feels like now he's getting there. And other than that, like yeah, it gets to the point of what do you call standing out? Because also if, to
0: note the the indie person that we, you feel is standing out is someone that is. Has main in arena mexico in the past three months um yes
1: certified main eventer <laughs> certified main eventer
0: of Freedom mexico um is going to be on the we network in a week in a prominent and not a week
1: right not a week. right so like even soon. like that's sort of that's sort of cheating so i guess like what people people were really into orange cassidy and i mean is, is it A-W just need is it just me or did we get too much Orange Cassidy at a really short rate and now like Orange Cassidy just back to being like another guy?
0: Um, I feel like Orange Cassidy is still a
1: thing to a certain group of people just like he's always been kind of a thing to a certain group of people. Yeah, but like Orange Cassidy was like, hot. like, by, like by, by many a weekend like super fucking hot and it's only like really like three months later and it feels like Orange Cassidy just isn't on the same level anymore and that was only a, that was only a couple months ago, so I think even saying Orange Cassidy wouldn't be entirely accurate because I feel like Orange Cassidy really came and went in in, in some sort of way. And it's not like he's not still one of the biggest names available on the indies, but it did feel like Cassidy was on, like on his way to like being like the thing for the year, and he turned out he was only like the thing for a couple of months. So if I can't even say Orange Cassidy, then it's like what? Chris Statlander, <laughs> um, yeah. Which they're... hey, which, which hey, like, look, like, I'm not, like, I'm not mad at that. Chris is very, very good for her skill level. So, it feels like that's sort of where we're at. I mean, guys like Dominic Greeny have been around for a while. Dominic, Dom, people like us have been saying Dom is good for the last few years. Kevin Koo is Kevin Koo is someone that we that people like us have known about for. However long, and the guys that you would think are next up haven't exactly been given like those sort of chances yet. Like AJ Gray, I think the world of AJ Gray. I think AJ Gray can't like really can be one of the best wrestlers in the world, but no one has really gone all all in on them yet. So I can't I can't go I can't completely commit to that. Someone like Jake something who's been
0: Jake something might be one of my could be one of my favorite wrestlers if he did it more. Um, yeah.
1: Like Jake, like Jake, something is realized right there too.
0: Um, yeah, I think there are no like indies that are hot right now outside of game changer. Um, but they're not necessarily putting folks on the map in that way. Um, at the moment, it feels like, um, or the reasoning they're putting them on the map. Isn't kind of, what works for this list, or works for the kind of overall? Or, or, vibe that I think we're a lot hoping for.
1: Or like what works for like helping them become a bigger star, like Tony Depp And I, and I figured out what the like the um the guy's name from uh, GCW was Dustin Thomas. Like Tony Deppen versus Justin, like Dustin Thomas. That's not gonna make Deppen a bigger star. Like that's not gonna get Deppen booked everywhere. And no. that's or like that's sort of where we're at right now. And we lost, like, we're kind of, like, losing certain guys that aren't work- that aren't working and that aren't working or we're not seeing a pop up as much anymore, like Eric Royal. Like, Eric Royal, who's been one of the best wrestlers in the world, I would think, since 2015. We haven't, we haven't, like, really seen any of him. So, we're really back at square one with, with someone like Chris Atlander, who's the only, like, new blood that's really doing anything. Willer Yuta hasn't really become what I thought people, what people thought he might be on his way to becoming the last couple of years. And even Daniel McAbee. Yeah. Daniel McAbee. I mean, he's getting, he's sort of gotten the the um, announcements
0: have come where he's going to be. That could continue to like put him in front of people. But it feels like this first half of the year was your kind of more your typical Dale McAbee schedule. Those typical Daniel McAbee matches.
1: Yeah, any like good like Jackie Jackie Lee, Jonathan Gresham, Scott Henson, um like he has like some a match with like someone like like Judas Icarus or something like that. That's re- that's really good. Rory Gulak. So Dan has had had these good matches, but again, it feels like 321 has gone in a different direction. Dan has had his time as the top guy, as the ace, as the champion, and now they're going forward with Steve West. So Dan is isn't even getting these main event matches that were really his calling card in last year where he was one of the bet, like the surefire bets in wrestling for a guaranteed great match anytime he was put in that position. I mean he still is, but he's just getting that less and less. And hopefully that's something that's something that changes. Because obviously he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. We thought so last year. But
0: between SCI and the Thatcher match, I think we're going to be moving in a – Good direction for him, and I think he's going to pick yeah. up steam very quickly. Um, I just don't think a lot of things with wrestling is like maintaining momentum, um, not just having these spikes, but really being able to carry something throughout the year, which no one really has done this year.
1: Yeah, um, and it, it sucks. Like, like, the, and like, like the only person that I think might continuously do that is Chris Statlander.
0: Who would have thunk it? Former IWTV. Independent champion
1: and she's really she's really good but it's like i really do think it's so weird to look at this as to where no one else has been able to keep the moment keep their momentum or even like start some momentum and like just maintain that the way chris statlander has this year and more power more power to her she's great for her experience level she's fantastic but what Schuyler is saying definitely has nail on the head is that real there really is nobody in the u s indie scene right now that's been popping up or's been some sort of revelation, like like Brett Eisen, maybe like i i I don't know that's like that's the kind of stuff we're getting at now
0: um yeah, it's again, being that Chris Statlander is kind of the leading name at the moment, I think it's fair to say that the back half of the year things could change pretty dramatically. Um, And we have kind of a wide open race as far as folks had the opportunity to stand out. More folks are being signed more than ever, um, given the amount of promotions out there and rosters that need to be filled. Um, I hope that the opportunities are there and not just for the same folks that haven't been able to take advantage of them. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like, discourse, I don't know, May I'll pull that word out, discourse has been at kind of a low this year, um, but maybe I'm just not looking at the right places, where it just doesn't feel like, there's a collective energy, raising the profile of matches, and wrestlers, um, which I feel like I've that most years, but it feels like, I get, most usually it feels true, but this year even more so, um, I don't know why that is, um, it very could well be that, hey, wrestling's just not as good, good overall this year
1: um who knows i think i think when like companies start like losing like defining pieces of like what makes them who they are or those people or those guys start working more in other places that becomes like the problem here so i'll take freelance for example freelance has been consistently like pretty good for their lower card mid card stuff for the last few years like that's been one of their best Qualities is that you can throw on a freelance show, and you're almost assured something good because they usually have a really strong rotation of people that they bring in. But a couple of years ago, towards the end of 2016, when Mustafa Ali leaves, I can't sit here and act like Mustafa Ali doesn't Mustafa Ali leaving doesn't really fuck up things as far as the narrative, because as much as we are like fans of the promotion a lot of us happen to be like fans of a certain wrestler too. And that certain wrestler being why are we paying attention? Why we tweet about the promotion, why we do all these things. So you lose Mustafa Ali, that has been the person that is bringing you a lot of eyes and it takes some time to bring yourself back up. And then eventually Kylie Ray can become your guy, like your person that is getting constantly talked about and people are singing her praises and then you lose Kylie Ray at some point. So, that's like a constant battle that you got to fight. Trevor Lee and how heavy we were talking about CWF mid Atlantic. And CWF obviously had like other people that were really good that we still talked about. But at the end of the day, it was because what Trevor Lee was doing felt so special and felt so must watch that in turn, it put more eyes on CWF mid Atlantic. And there are other cases of this, of this happening, not only in the US Indies, but all over the country right now. And we're at a point where we really do need like like a, like a defining person for a lot of these places to be why you watch and that person can be your can be your um can be your gateway into really falling in love with that company but I think that's really the thing that we're missing and if we circle back that would be like my defining like um story of like twenty nineteen so far is that we're missing someone that makes you really get invested into giving a promotion a chance not watching a whole promotion or anything like that but like someone that really makes you like huh turn your eye you know what i'm gonna watch whatever this person does in this company because that shit really does matter
0: yeah um it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues slash if more promotions can kind of build individual folks up um that don't instantly become which are a part of the homogeny. Um, next question. From at Lucia Undead.
1: Don't know who that is either.
0: Will it be possible to have a top 100 this year that doesn't include WWE contracted talent? Will any ROH, WDON impact exclusive talent make it in the top 10? Uh, should New Japan Pro Wrestling book women? Big questions.
1: Really big questions.
0: Um, um, I think the first answer is probably not, but not in the way that he might be thinking. Um, just feels like at some point this year, they're going to go on another signing spree. And folks that are going to be on your list are going to get signed up, but they've already put in enough work where they're on the list. Um, that's my take on that part.
1: Because um, it depends. Like, If you have like, a all-Lucha ballot, then I guess... But, it's humanly possible. Yeah, it, it's possible, but I think you're really like you would have to really be super niche in what you're watching, and you'd have to be trying really hard to not have at least like one person on your on the top 100. If you're doing a top 50, it's more, it's a little bit more feasible. But well, on the top 100, it's that's going to be really difficult.
0: Someone that you don't know as a WWE contractor wrestler is going to make on.
1: Your yeah, <laughs> be someone that you completely forget is on a WWE contract and they sneak onto your list and you're like, oh fuck, like <laughs> uh, fuck, CML Man Inventor,
0: uh Austin Theory, May Man Ballot. Damn it. Um <laughs> Okay. Follow the next question then. Uh will any of those exclusive talents make it into your personal top ten? Do you think any of them will make it into the overall top ten? So I think the latter question is a no, but um the way it's phrased, I at least want to adjust that one.
1: Uh yeah I guess Walter probably probably still the best shot. Like, as much as of a a coward he is, he is still, like, a top 10 wrestler of the year so far. So if he's able to keep it up and he's still getting opportunities in other, other, like, non-NXT UK places, then, yeah, almost assuredly, like, Walter winds up pretty high for me just because, at the end of the day, he's a fantastic wrestler. And it's going to be really hard for someone that's that good to... Not have good matches when get when given the time, given the opportunities. Um, other than that, uh, just to reiterate,
0: the question was: Will any ROH W N impact exclusive oh, talent? Oh, I
1: thought I could I could have swore you said like WWE NXT UK people. No, no. Oh shit! <laughs> so that's gonna be. It. I'm assuming I know. Yeah. Um. um Nat Taven, top ten, Bandito. Madison Square Taven? Okay. Ben, ben, Bandito. Bandito probably. Okay, Bandito, yeah. He's, he, I, I've kind of gotten sold on him because I wasn't at first the, at the beginning of the year. But
0: he somehow got so high last year that if he made the top 10 this year, and Millie on the overall list, I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah. and Even personally, like Bandito is like I, – I think I've kind of started to see what people were talking about him as last year. And this year, I think he's having a more complete year. So I definitely could see him – as high as like top 30, 40 maybe, depending depending on what ROH gives them. It's really hard because ROH, because ROH being in, in the state it's in, is it's hard to it's hard to predict what someone is gonna where, where someone's gonna rank because really just no one truly cares about ROH and it and it, and you, they make it so hard for you to get invested in anybody. But if he keeps having good matches, if he gets some more New Japan bookings, then it's hard to see him not being pretty high on the, um, actual voter list.
0: Um, fair enough. Last question. You got to answer it. Can't say no. Should New Japan per and book women?
1: <sighs> if they feel like, it. They feel like think, it. Okay. If they feel like it, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's like a big, I don't think it's like a must, but if they feel like it, then I, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair
0: enough. Um, Next question. At JML underscore. Is Osprey really having that great of a year, or is it hype? Have you Ooh. seen any Joshi, particularly Suri, and in a Takahashi's year so far? Will a Joshi worker ever get high recognition in the We Don't Know Wrestling 100?
1: Okay, so I'll answer the, fir- the, fir- um, the last one first.
0: That's easy, though.
1: But I'll say, but I'll say the reason I think this—the reason I think no— is because I feel like if this would have happened, it would have happened with Io Shirai in like 2016. Yeah, I feel like that's the best year um, any Japanese women women's wrestler has had in the last few years. So it's it's hard to imagine somebody breaking through when Io didn't after having such a great year that year. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm going to say no there. Um, Sari is one of is on my list of people to. Check out check out more of her stuff from this year. People have really been hyping up uh, the chances that she's that she's been getting to face people. So if, if if Diana is making YouTube or making it online in some capacity, then I'm definitely going to be looking for her stuff. But I mean, shit, she's in Sendai girls all the time. Even if it was just Sendai girls, I'd be looking for um, Syrie stuff. Nene, you'd have to recommend me some stuff to watch to watch from her. I haven't really heard too much about what she's been doing, but I'm always, always open to watching more Nana Takahashi matches. Uh, have you watched any Osprey stuff this year?
0: I have not watched any Osprey stuff this year. Okay. Um, I've, I've seen gifts. That's where my, I've maxed out on my interest. Um, <laughs> is he really been that great this year?
1: It depends. Like it's it's sort of like. Is he is he as great as like your Meltzer type people are making him out to be? Did,
0: did he earn the tweet of "I am alive"?
1: Okay, that narrows it down. I would say yes. Okay, I think he's earned that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I think he's at least earned that. Um, he's sort of a volume guy, more like a, way more of a volume guy than I think a lot of uh new Japan people have been over the last few years, but with him being able to work junior can being able to work, work and mix it up with heavyweights, that's going to make him like an impossible to beat volume guy. And on top of that, he, he works really hard. He tries really hard. And that goes a long way for people that may, might, might, might rub some people the wrong way. Just like his selling might rub, rub some people the wrong way But I think largely he's earned it just because, I'm someone that enjoys when I see when I feel like someone is giving all giving their all when it comes to their wrestling. And I feel like he has a couple of performances that really do justify him being maybe the best wrestler in the world. I'm not I'm not sure it's anything in New Japan, but there's this Aussie Open versus Swords of Essex tag match from Progress that it may be the best performance I've ever seen from him. So if anyone hasn't seen it, I would definitely recommend that. So I'm not sitting here saying that because he has the Shingo match from the best of super juniors that he's the best wrestler in the world, but he has a lot of volume and that progress tag really does show that he is one of those tippy top elite guys, at least in my opinion. I think he's having a better year than he was in 2018, which was another year where people were just like, man, it feel, it really feels like Will Ospreay's year. And I didn't really buy into that. I had Osprey at like 11 or 12 for 2018, but just the sheer amount of stuff that he's been given the leash to do, it, I, I think it's kind of hard to deny him.
0: Fair enough. We're going to move on to the next question. At another spammer set asks, is it weird that the only real contenders for the number one spot are Thomas Shire and Aramis? Or should we have predicted as much? I can say for John that if you didn't predict Aramis would be his top wrestler, (laughs) Um, you're not paying attention. Um, But honestly, after last year, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Anyone that was watching would be surprised that Aramis is a top guy uh, in the Lucha scene and is going to make play at top spot for a lot of folks that are going to be watching Lucha this year, Um, which hopefully, as always, is a greater number of people.
1: Is Thomas Shire the guy that had that really good match with Eddie Kingston? Yes. Okay. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything else he's done this year, but I really but I really do love that Eddie match that popped up.
0: Yeah. So he has that match, and that and the Gary J match are the two that he has gotten the most love for.
1: That's seem, that seems fun.
0: Um, mainly one spot where he uh, essentially cyclones him off his shoulders onto a chair on the floor, but kind of (laughs) the chair just shifts and Gary J just smacks onto the floor. Um, It's very good. Um, I've not seen the whole match, but Thomas Shire's a good, damn good wrestler Um, from the stuff I've seen over the years. I just haven't seen a ton, Uh, but I'm glad that someone that has been at it for so long um, has tapped into kind of these super well regarded matches that probably won't rank highly on a overall match of the year list when a lot of folks are voting, or he won't rank highly on the We Don't Wrestling 100 potentially. But, um, I'm glad he's getting noticed more because he also does the grappling style pretty darn well. Um, and we'd love to see him against Skyly like Thatcher. Um, but that's just me spouting bullshit. Um, here at the next one?
1: Yep, let's go.
0: Okay, here we go. So, at the Timid Donuts, who should be getting more top 10 or higher buzz that isn't? Conversely, what consensus pick should be looked at more critically or the second half of the year? Um, hard question to answer given our entire conversations up to this point. Um, I don't think there's anyone that needs to be looked at more critically, really, because I don't know if I'm seeing anyone that's really standing out as a top 10 contender
1: i think i think the only person that people are just all on board with is osprey so i mean if you want to be more critical of osprey then sure but everyone talks about osprey i'm not sure there's going to be a stone that's left unturned when it comes to osprey dialogue so that feels like kind of kind of moot but i'm thinking like i don't know like maybe like tanahashi Someone like that, as to where like Tanahashi had a really good first couple of months, and then he's not. And then he popped up again with the with the Jay White match from the Best of Super Juniors um final show, that was really good. But someone that did a lot of really good and fun stuff for a couple months, then is coming back and popping up again in August, well July rather, and that's the case with a lot of New Japan guys. But I think with Tanahashi and especially like sort of how he disappeared that should be more for talking point um I'm not sure if he's getting top 10 buzz but like Daisuke Sakimoto I think Sekimoto is um really getting really getting back to himself he's not obviously go like going as hard as he was back in um 2015 I think but I think he's finding a good mix of um his style here and doing the strong hard hitting stuff and um doing stuff that's like a slightly more hold-based. So I think Sekimoto could could um, deal with a little bit more of a closer eye.
0: Um, Yeah, so I don't have anyone for more critically. I do think someone like Mance Warner should be getting more notoriety for not just being that character that folks seem to be thinking is the most interesting part about him. I think he's a genuinely very good brawler. Um, I think the homicide match from GCW is actually great. Um, I really enjoyed the L.A. Park brawl from MLW. Um, Guy could put on his working boots. And I'm hoping that kind of stretch continues into the latter half this year. But again, with so many promotions popping up, I don't know where he's going to be by the end of the year. Um, If he stays in MLW, I don't know what kind of talent he's going to be able to continue to work with because um, unfortunately, that means probably working more with Sammy Callahan. Um, well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think what he's done this year has been good, and uh, people should be looking more at him, not just as um a package person um that tries to make up for his lack of in-ring skills with his uh his mic skills, but someone that actually can do some good work in the ring.
1: Um, for some, for someone that isn't. That maybe should be getting top ten buzz. I don't know what the dialogue is on him, but T Hawk is someone I would say. T Hawk has been really strong in Wrestle One so far this year between the matches with Ashino, um, Jiro. I, I like I like the Shuji Kondo match, but it's not on the same level as the other two. And then he has a really good match with Akito from Judgment. And then the other Wrestle One ta- Wrestle One tags and um, DDT tags and all that stuff that he's been that he has been a part of the. Um, opener from Double or Nothing. That that was really good too. So, T-Hawk is a guy that I would also give a little bit more of a closer eye to. Him being a top ten guy this year, as Seahawk hawk has always been this talented, talented enough as to where he can, he can feel like a top guy in the world. But with the booking in Dragon Gate and how it felt like they just never pulled the trigger on him, I think that's um, really sullied his reputation. For a lot of people and really seeped Into um, how they actually Perceive him when it comes to his wrestling ability And I think being able to get away from that And just like get back to the wrestling Has helped him a lot
0: well, There we go There we go um, I have one more question for us to answer It's not really relevant So we'll make it quick um, But since he submitted it At Ben Thrifty What non-AW topic is to find the first half of the year? Um, for me honestly it's that Game Changer has become more of a complete promotion Um, I know a criticism that's been lobbied at them in the past is that um, they are more or less their pillar shows and everything outside of that doesn't really matter and it's not a big deal but I don't think there's a show this year that they ran that doesn't feel like maybe doesn't have consequences but feels like for that location where they're holding that event it's a big deal um because they're touring more they're getting more out there um and then their pillar events are still their pillar events um so by kind of minimizing those quote unquote off shows that are held in like garages um and taking those as touring shows that are filling up gymnasiums um that's kind of my story for the top, for first half of the year
1: yeah i, I would i would definitely agree with, i would definitely agree with that one to piggyback off it and seeing, um, I guess companies do more and more. Obviously, like New Japan has been one of the biggest companies in the world the last decade or so. So it's not that it's not that them expanding is any sort of shocking news. I think it's I think they've gotten really bold though. I think the announcement of running two dome shows, the American Airlines show that they're running in that they're running in a week or so, them doing the best of the Super Juniors finals and Sumo Hall after they were just doing it and and hall last year. And obviously it was a smaller venue than they're accustomed to that they've been, um, than they were, I'm um, using for the 16 and 17 best of super juniors finals, but them going and doing that for a uh, best of super juniors finals and all of that stuff. It feels like new Japan getting more and more and bold. And I'm just still waiting to see when they just take one risk too many. And that could very well be that American Airlines show, that's that's happening, but that has been something that I've been really inter- interested in this year. And I think GCW continuing to just expand and expand. When, like, I'll be honest, I thought the bubble might have bursted by now. I thought they might have peaked in twenty in twenty eighteen, but the fact that they keep going strong really does fascinate me in a way where, if it's not my favorite promotion to watch. But every time they announce going to a new to a new city, a new state, and all this, it drives on the point of like this thing really is such a phenomenon. And you brought it up of they are becoming so much more complete. Something like they're they're, they're about to run Nick Gay versus I think Marco Stunt in, in for the Nashville show, and obviously I think there's some sort of like correlation there between like just like the kind of audiences that like those guys have appealed to over the last couple of years but that's such a clear shift from what GCW has been offering like or was offering in a year like 2017 so to see them continue to develop into something more complete like you said I think is very very interesting
0: yeah on this during the recording of this podcast they just announced that they'll be teaming up with Black Label Pro to have an event during um, All Out Weekend um, so they they're gonna keep going to maybe not different places, but also kind of working with more promotions and kind of enhancing cards that way. I think um, it's gonna continue to be interesting to see. Uh, and New Japan, I think this U.S. show, this G, first G1 show uh, in the U.S. is gonna be may not wake up call, but put things in perspective for them uh, as far as their U.S. efforts. Um, I think it's important that they have a U.S. presence, but maybe just not at the scale that they would been dreaming of, where it seems like they still have room to grow in Japan. Um seems right. like they're still pushing against that ceiling and moving it up and up and up. Um, I don't know when that's going to stop, um, but it won't be at the... It won't, there won't be a, a colossal failure, it feels like. It feels like they're getting into a position where they're going to hit the ceiling, but they're not no risk they take now unless it's if, if this two dome thing doesn't crush them i don't know what can crush them
1: uh, yeah if this if this two dome thing works out then it's like okay like 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 what like what is there to even say anymore if this thing is an actual success and there's not like some catastrophic failure where they load up one of the knights so much that the other one looks terrible in comparison or they it out so much as to where like nobody really winds up going to either show as heavily as they would like if this thing works out I think that's safe to say that they've been probably the promotion of the decade as, as the year closes out
0: yeah I mean it doesn't matter if their US efforts are going to not be what we might have thought they could be the fact that they're still growing their business in their main market um is wild um. No. Yeah. Nothing at this point would crush them. It would just be like I can only imagine dings coming up. Um. From running the kind of schedules they're running. Um. And then they can just scale back. So, to me, interesting to see uh, how that works out next year. Uh. Well, in that case, we've kind of answered all the questions. Didn't know if there's any closing thoughts you wanted to bring out for. We don't know wrestling one hundred stuff. Um. So I got a million, not a whole lot, and then old noggin here for that.
1: Um, no, I just I want everybody to, um, you know, I'm I'm guilty of this too, but like start getting like start getting back on the um we don't know wrestling forums again and really start like focus you know? Yeah, like like not even hmm. look. This is such a wide open year. I get that a lot. A lot of the time that you might have like made a threat for somebody and you didn't might might not have gotten a lot of replies because that person wasn't on everybody's radar, but the The field is so wide open this year that I think if like you can, gen, you can try to generate discussion on somebody on there. And I think you'll maybe get farther than farther than you think, because this thing can really go anywhere. So I'm going to get, I'm going to start being, I'm going to start being on there again. I think Dylan's going to start being, being on there some more. Let's, let's start getting that thing pumped up because like I, I'm genuinely curious to see where people are on a lot of people and who is standing out for them more than I have been in other years.
0: Yeah, and this is a good... The, admittedly, this is the better time to be doing it than the first half of the year. As first half of the year, we don't have a really good picture of where folks are. Um, there's a lot of bright spots that might pop up in that first half of the year. Now you have a body of work to kind of go off of and be actually have like, okay, so this is this is what this wrestler actually is. Now that we are six months deep. So, yeah, definitely contribute there. I'm going to try to make sure I'm updating that the best to my ability. Um, if you want to help, let me know. Um... Cool. Um, would you make like to make any plugs, Quentin?
1: Um, you can just follow the Twitter account that me and Tim made um, at Q A N D T R A R E, and we have an email address that's the same thing. And you can send us send us questions, send us dumb shit, whatever you want to do, and we'll wind up covering it. On the show, on the show, probably uh, that's about it. Um, well, all right. You can
0: follow me at concrete 1992 but more importantly, you can follow the We Don't Know Wrestling Podcast Network at WDKWPN on Twitter. Um, that's going to be probably other than subscribing to the iTunes feed of the We Don't Know Wrestling Podcast Network uh, on iTunes or your podcast app of your choice. Um, that's a good way to keep abreast at. Uh, what podcasts are dropping in the feed because um, it's set up so that's whenever a new show comes up on SoundCloud within an hour or so, uh, that should be tweeted out on that feed. Uh, I also ask questions on there to one, make sure I, I don't forget it exists. Uh, two, to kind of field questions like I did today. So uh, please follow that uh, so that I'm more motivated to continue to push that forward. Um, but yeah. Uh, this has been We Don't Know Wrestling. Thank you for listening, and Quentin, thank you for being on.
1: Mm, My pleasure.